0: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast. What is happening, Packer fans? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack A Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. What I wanted to do today is sort of kick things off. It's a new week. It's been a rough past couple weeks, right? There's been very limited Packers football. You had the Lions game, then sort of a extended week off. And then you had the Raiders game on Monday night. And then you had the bye. And just this combination of not much football with the last two lasting memories that we all have are two pretty atrocious games between the Lions, a team that was clearly better than the Packers and just won very early up 24-3 in that game. And then a game against the Raiders where I think Green Bay's at least arguably the better team, but just didn't play like it and had a really bad showing in Las Vegas on a Monday night. And we're just left with this very bitter taste in our mouths heading into the bye week. Now you head to Denver this week against another very bad football team, a team that's also circling Green Bay on its calendar and saying like, hey, we should be able to pick up a win against this team playing at home in Denver where Green Bay has not had great success in the past. So that's Before We're looking ahead to Denver, but what I figured I would do today is try to do in its very simplest terms, 12 things that I don't think are super crazy or insanely out there that would be fairly easy to help this Packers team out through the remainder of this season. We have discussed ad nauseum some of the really key issues with this team, specifically the level of physicality that this team plays with, the fundamentals or lack thereof, the technique work that a lot of this team needs the you know the vision that this team has or like who they are as a team like all of those sort of things or the identity whatever we want to call it there are some core issues with this team that they need to sort out those are not easy fixes. Those are things that are going to take the remainder of this year and will probably take us into the off season and into future seasons as well, because they're not just a quick fix. It's going to take time. It's going to probably take some holistic changes to what this team is doing and has been doing over the course of the past few seasons. But we've gone over all of that stuff like in very great detail over the past couple weeks. So I'm not going to spend my time on that. These are 12 things that I think are relatively easy fixes that Green Bay can start with to start getting headed in the right direction, hopefully pick up some wins against Denver and Minnesota, and maybe start trending in a better direction than they have been over the course of the past few weeks. Some of these might be low-hanging fruit. That's okay. Sometimes it needs to be that. Others are going to be a little bit more, I don't know, either maybe not so much complex, but just are going to maybe be a little bit more outside of the box. So let's start with the most low-hanging fruit, one of them all, one that I'm not going to break any news with. And I promise you, this is not going to be a list of just super simple, easy things that everyone, you know, that they could have thought of. But number one on the list is featuring Aaron Jones as he comes back out of injury. Now, we don't know where he's going to be coming back from injury, if he's even going to be ready to go for Denver. We don't know that yet. And when he does come back, we don't know what sort of snap count that he's going to have to be on. But as soon as he is fully ready to go, this needs to be an offense fully based around Aaron Jones. He is the guy. It was an interesting answer from, um, I forget, I think it was Matt LaFleur the other day of like when, you, when he was asked about their identity, he said something to the effect of, you know, we don't have necessarily, like we, there's usually like a player that you can go to in certain situations and they haven't had that. when they had Devontae Adams, they had very clearly that player. And and when Aaron Jones is healthy, he is very clearly that player as well. With Jones being out since the Bears game, basically, you know, he, by the time he played or even got the ball in the Lions game, that game was already over anyway, but they haven't really had him in, in any full capacity since Chicago. And they have very much missed his productivity and not just his productivity, but his ability to sort of draw eyes from the defense of knowing where Aaron Jones is, accounting for him, and even a couple of those Jordan Love interceptions where they're not buying on and biting on play action. It's one thing to maybe not bite on play action when it's Patrick Taylor or A.J. Dillon or Emmanuel Wilson. It's a lot different if it's Aaron Jones because He is public enemy number one for opposing defensive coordinators and defenses, and all eyes go to him. So if you're Jordan Love and you're faking that read to to Aaron Jones, those defenders might take those couple extra steps inside, and that might open up that window on the back end for your wide receiver, and you might be able to actually fit it in there and get a nice completion. Like I said, when it's not Aaron Jones, that changes things entirely. But the reason that this is on this list, yes, it's simplistic, it's easy, everyone knows it. But it's also very apparent that the coaches sometimes, and Matt LaFleur as a play caller, at times has gotten away from Aaron Jones even when he has been fully healthy. How many times over the past few seasons have we seen a game where Aaron Jones gets six touches and then after the game, it's like, yeah, you know what? We really got to find a way to get Aaron the ball. This can't be the case anymore. Like I said, this has to be a team that is built around what Aaron Jones can do. And as I mentioned over the course of the past couple of weeks with some of the struggles that A.J. Dillon has had, there are runs where the running back's getting the ball, and there are multiple, multiple defenders. In the case against the Raiders, there were four defenders, four Raiders standing behind the line of scrimmage when A.J. Dillon got the ball. I don't care what running back you want to enter in that situation. That's not a winning football play. And it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Jones or any other Hall of Fame running back you want to insert into that backfield. They're not going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot when there's four Raiders or defenders waiting for that running back. So it's not just going to be as simple as being like, well, Aaron Jones is back, running game works. This has to be a more cohesive running game as a whole. But from its very simplest terms, when Aaron Jones is back, you have to have a concerted effort to get him the ball. And I know that there has been a concerted effort in the opposite direction of being like, we have to really limit his snaps and we have got to be really careful. We don't even know based on contract and age if Aaron Jones is going to be a part of the team in 2024. This might be a team that continues to go in the opposite direction and continue to get younger and younger and start looking to get off some of those you know veteran contracts like Preston Smith and Aaron Jones and some of the others. We're also seeing Aaron Jones have some hamstring issues this year. As, in, as you get older in the league as a running back, some of those issues start to pile up a little bit more. But even more so the case of like, hey, let's let's use this guy and let's make sure that he is the single biggest focal point of this offense to take some of that pressure off of Jordan Love, to take some of the pressure off really the entire rest of this team. He ha- has that playmaking ability that you can give him the ball in a variety of scenarios. And even if there is one or maybe even two defenders behind the line of scrimmage, he might just make them miss and make something spectacular happen just because he's Aaron freaking Jones. You know, we go back to one of his very first carries against Tampa Bay in that overtime game where he, I think that was his only carry of the game, and he takes it for a touchdown in overtime to win the game. That's just how Aaron Jones has run his entire career. So at its basic, most fundamental level, Aaron Jones needs to be the single biggest focal point of this team. As soon as he is healthy, as soon as he's able to carry that workload and make it so that the offense is completely based around him, that everything is based off fakes to Aaron Jones and screens and running plays and all of it, because that's going to make everyone else's job easier. And it's going to make the opposing defense's job much, much harder. Number two on my list is also not something that's very new. It's something that a lot of people have been asking for, for a very long time, but I want to see this defense challenged. And what I mean by that is we heard Jair Alexander say, Hey, it's going to be up to us to not, not allow any points and actually maybe even go and get some points on our own. And, you know, whether he could have or needed to or should have said that or whatever, I don't really care. You know, he's just being real at this point of like, hey, we need to be the, the basically what he's saying is they need to be the group between offense, defense, and special teams. It's the defense's job that needs to go out and win football games right now. That's Jair's feel on it. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. But what I want to see is this defense be challenged to be the ones that are dictating terms to the opposing offense and whether we want to call it bend but don't break whether we want to call it keeping the you know umbrella uh, you know over the defense or you know keeping four guys deep or your two safeties deep or whatever we want to call it there's a time and a place for that and that is not something that every other defense isn't doing from time to time what I more want to see is all right it is third and one and you know they're probably going to run the ball but you know they could still play action throw deep and you could get caught that's okay But I want to see this team challenge themselves to shut down those plays, to be far more aggressive. And you know what? Trust your corners. Trust your corners in those situations and scenarios to hold up if you do bring a bunch of guys and you are dictating terms and you are bringing pressure and being aggressive. And you know what? If the other team, if Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr or some of these other quarterbacks, whomever you're playing, Desmond Ritter... If they hit you over the top with a big play down the field, with a completely accurate pass to Drake London or Devonte Adams or whoever else you know it is, and your corner can't make a play on the ball and they just get beat, tip your cap. We'll live to see another down. We'll 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 live with that because you know what, your offense gets the ball back. It's not like your offense is sitting on the the couch for a 12-play, 85-yard drive that took up nine minutes and 48 seconds off the clock. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form to just play this crazy aggressive brand of football where you're constantly blitzing and bringing people. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying in the situations where you have the ability to get off the field, on your third and longs, on your third and shorts, and your goal line situations, whatever it may be, Let's pick up the intensity, let's pick up the aggressiveness, and let's challenge those defenders to go out and make plays in those situations because this defense wants to be challenged. Jair feels like the defense is the one that needs to be have the burden at this point. So give them the burden. And here's the bigger thing this defense might not be ready for that right now. They might not be the defense that can just completely play that aggressive brand of football. Like they they might just give up too many explosives. Okay but challenge them. Let's see if they can learn from giving up some of those plays. Let's see if they can become the defense that is dictating terms moving forward. Because if you want to be a very successful team and a very successful defense, those are some of the things that you have to do. And you have to live with, hey, sometimes we're going to get beat. That's okay. There's a cost of doing business in the NFL, as Matt LaFleur always likes to say. And if you know what? Sometimes by bringing an extra guy or by being aggressive, you're going to allow a, a big play. There's some risk that comes with that that's fine. That is okay. You can live with that. And those players are going to learn from that. So the defense wants to be challenged. They want to be the ones that are responsible for helping Green Bay win football games right now. Let them do that. And if they lose, if they get beat, all right, we'll go back to the drawing board a little bit, but set those guys free. Let them be the ones that are trying to win football games and let them be and play an aggressive brand of football, especially in the situations or circumstances where it demands it and it needs it. And it's not, you know, third and two when you're playing four guys deep and everyone off the ball and conceding easy first downs. And this is not anything again, newer that hasn't been said by a million other people. I get it, but now is the time to let those guys free this is a learning year anyway. Let's learn if this defense can play that brand of football and if they can be successful with it. And if they can't, all right, then let's go back to the drawing board and try something else. But right now I want to see this defense be challenged. Number three on my list. I need to see Jordan Love moving a little bit more, whether that's via read option, whether that's via bootleg, whether that's via just called you know run plays for him. Whether that's him using his legs, scrambling, and I'm not saying I want to see Jordan Love just abandon going through his progressions and his reads. That that's a that's a recipe for failure moving forward. You want to see him trusting his line, keeping his eyes downfield, and going through his progressions. So I, I don't necessarily need to see it as much as from a scrambling standpoint, but I do you can feel that there's a real tangible feel to to Jordan. There's not many times where he gets super pumped up and and, and riled up. But some of the times on those run plays where he is picking up 15, 20 yards or stiff arming Max Crosby to the ground or whatever it might be, you can tell it gets his competitive juices flowing a little bit and you can see a little bit more of that energy come out of Jordan. And I think that's a great thing. I think you want to see that. I think you want to see his teammates get galvanized by some of the plays that he's making with his legs. And if nothing else, it's giving the defense something else to think about moving forward. And I think that's going to be a really important aspect as well to not just making Jordan go out and beat you with his arm, let him win with his legs too, and make it so that the defense has to think about that. I think that's super, super important at this point. I think we've seen Jordan be able to throw accurately on the run. There's There's certainly not a lack of confidence there from Jordan in doing so. And when he gets outside of the pocket, he like, he's, he's not, he's not losing accuracy by any major, you know, step he's struggling. Frankly, he's struggling with some of the accuracy in the pocket. I don't feel like it's any different outside of the pocket. And just again, some of the even designed read option stuff where maybe he can get outside or maybe he pulls it. And there's a guy in the flat that he can get the ball to. I don't care. There's so many different ways that you can go about doing that. But Just keeping Jordan static in the pocket as much as they are, I don't think is a great recipe for success at this point either. I'll use a very, very lame cliche, well, not cliche, but I'll use a lame analogy here. I'll put it that way. When I first get Madden every, I don't play much Madden anymore, but going back to my youth here, when I first got Madden every year, I always would take a team with a running quarterback first while I first learned the game because I still wanted to win football games. But when you first get the new Madden every year, there's usually some different nuances with the passing game. When you're playing on all Madden or you're, when you're playing online and teams are, you know, or opponents against you are doing different things in the passing game and blitzing and everything like that. And you're just trying to get the timing down as a quarterback. I always wanted to start with a mobile quarterback, whether that be, you know, Michael Vick or Vince Young or whomever, because it gave me that option of like, all right, if my passing game isn't quite there yet, and while I'm learning it, and while I'm getting the game down and mastered, I still have the ability to run with my quarterback and it gives me some different options. And then as time goes on and I start to master the game more and become more successful and can win just with my arms, or with my arm, excuse me, I don't need to have a Vince Young or a, a Michael Vick or whatever, you know, mobile quarterback you want to enter into that conversation and, and, the, and Madden lore. Now I can just go out and pick whatever quarterback I want and I can start picking apart defenses with my arm. So that that's sort of the same thing I want for John here is like Give him the ability to use his legs in some of those situations while the game is slowing is, is like right now it's still very fast for him. And until the game slows down for him, give him that other option, give him just a, a little bit more mobility, give him a little bit more fluidity and allow him to make some of those plays until the game slows down for him a little bit more. And now he doesn't necessarily need that ability to run and you don't have to constantly get him moving. He can just live in the pocket and start picking apart defenses with his arm. So that's kind of where I'm at with Jordan Lovin. And I do think getting him moving would be advantageous for this offense overall right now. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately. And I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code pack a day for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for Last-minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code packaday for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means... It is time to start experimenting with the offensive line. I do think you need to be careful, and I've said this over and over, I I don't really want to move Zach Tom at this point because he's playing good football at right tackle. He's my highest graded player on offense so far, and even though he's had a couple hiccups against Max Crosby and Aiden Hutchinson, especially coming off that injury that he had, I'm I'm just very hesitant to move him. But at the same token, you can't keep doing the same things over and over and expecting better results. You've got to maybe try some different things. And whether that's, you know what, maybe for a week, try Elton at center and Josh Myers at guard. Maybe Myers is a good guard and maybe he's just thinking too much at center. I've proposed that for the last couple of seasons and they haven't really been open to doing that. I'm, like I've said the other day, I'm pretty much done with the Josh Myers experiment at center. I, I just don't see it improving to any significant point where you feel comfortable with him as your starting center moving forward. So let's try guard next. If you still want him to be a starter, let's try guard. Maybe he's better at guard. I know Elton can be a good center. I saw it in college, and I don't think that changes Elton's game at all. In fact, I think you could make a really, really great center out of Elton Jenkins. So I I would maybe try that. I'd maybe try Jenkins at center and Zach Tom at right tackle. We could you could we can have the Yash Nyman, Rashid Walker left tackle discussion. I'm still more apt to go with Walker at this point because he's under contract next year. And I think he has better upside than Nyman at this point. But if you want to make a change there, so be it. And then at guard, we can have the discussion of Josh Myers, Sean Ryan, you know, John Runyon Jr. And and do you want to maybe try some different things there? Those are all fair conversations as well. But I'm I'm at the point now where I think you have to start trying some different things. And again, we can we can talk Nyman at a tackle. We can move Zach Tom inside if it needs to get to that point. We can put Myers at guard. We can. There's so many different things that we can try. We could try John Running Jr. back at left guard. Maybe right guard just isn't quite as productive for him as he was back at left guard. I don't care. It just it, it's to the point where we need to at least try some different things. Maybe maybe. It, Take a look at Caleb Williams, or Caleb Jones, excuse me, Caleb Williams would be nice to take a look at for a week, too. Uh Caleb Jones for a week. Maybe you try that. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't here's the biggest thing. I don't think there's a perfect answer here. I don't think you're just all of a sudden gonna stumble upon like, oh my goodness, we put Yash Nyman at left tackle and Sean Ryan at left guard and Elton Jenkins at center and Runyon at right guard and Zach Tom at right tackle, and all of a sudden our offensive line was just dominating I don't think that's gonna happen. But you're to the point where it's it's time to start trying some different things, and that's where Green Bay should be at right now. And just going out there again with Sheed and Jenkins and you know Myers and Runyon and Tom left to right, what we've seen, I don't think is the answer at this point either. And it might be worse. And maybe you need to get, maybe just end up having to go back to these five in that order. But you got to try some different things. Number five is continue with specialization of skills. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Not going to bring it into too great detail right here, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think you have some specific run defenders and Lucas Van Es on the edge and Preston Smith on the edge. And I think you can weaponize them as early down run defenders. Same thing with Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton on the defensive line. Eventually Devondre Campbell, Coy Walker at linebacker, Nixon in the slot. Rizul on the outside. We could have a conversation about maybe taking Jair off. I don't think they're ever going to do that. So I don't even think we need to have that conversation. And then maybe even Jonathan Owens and, you know, let's just, and uh, Rudy Ford, excuse me, at safety. Maybe you take Savage off the field, who's undersized and not as great of a run defender. Maybe get Owens in the game in those situations. But I think you have a good run defense there with that group. And then on obvious passing downs, maybe we start taking a look at. All right. Maybe you're keeping those guys more for some, some clear running downs. All right. So Rashawn Gary and Kingsley and Igbari on the edge, Carl Brooks, you know, you could go, uh, Colby Wooden, uh, on the inside or no, I'm sorry. You want to go Devontae Wyatt there. So Wyatt and Brooks on the inside with, uh, you know, again, Rashawn Gary and Kingsley and Igbari, uh, at the edges, Quay Walker at inside linebacker let's see, probably in uh nickel, you know, we can talk about maybe going Jair in the slot, Rizul and Valentine or Rizul and Stokes on the outside with Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage at safety. Then at that point, that I think is, is a better, and you probably have another linebacker there too. So probably Campbell, or you can bring another corner as a, a dime corner too. There's a lot of ways you can go, but now you've got some real specialization of skills, some more rundown players on obvious rundowns, some more pass situation players on some more obvious passing downs. I know guys like Lucas Van and Preston Smith, they're going to want to get on some rundowns too, as is Kenny Clark. I'm not saying you can't get them in on some of those, but I think the more you can specialize at this point, the better off you're going to be. I think you could look at it from an offensive standpoint too. We've started to see Tucker Craft, Ben Sims get a few more rundowns and maybe not as much Musgrave on some, some rundowns. There's some other things that they're doing too on offense. I think just keep doing that sort of stuff. Start specializing these players, give them real logical roles for what their skill set is best for and don't just be rotating as willy-nilly as they have been earlier in this season. Number 6, I'd like to see them get back to a little bit more six offensive linemen. We haven't seen it the past couple of weeks. The Raiders would have been a great week to pull it back out and we did I, you know, we didn't see it against Detroit. They were down 24 to 3 early, so it's tough to get back to that. But it was a, a formation that had been fairly successful for them, especially running the football, something they haven't had uh, a ton of success with overall. I still want to see some Caleb Jones there at, at as the you know big tight end. Like Let's try the maybe 6'9", 380-pound dude as an extra blocker. And you can still go play action off of that and max protect with six offensive linemen. There's just a lot of things that I think they can do with that. And I think they got away with it once Rasheed Walker moved to the starting tackle position. It didn't seem like they had a tackle that they wanted to use as that big tight end anymore. Let's give Caleb Jones a shot. Let's see if it can work. And I want to see more six offensive linemen because I do think that can be a formation that they can be successful with and just trying anything to get that running game going a little bit more. Number seven, players not plays. I want to see a bigger emphasis on scheming players and your most successful players rather than just kind of going through and running your offense as is. We talked about Aaron Jones earlier. Christian Watson and Luke Musgrave are two more players where I need to see specific things schemed for them to set up their skill set in in some big time downs, just in general. Like, let's get those guys cooking a little bit more on defense. I need to see Rashawn Gary uh, a little bit more in some specific situations and trying to scheme him so that you can get him set up in advantageous positions. Jair Alexander, using him more on, you know, on the team's opposing best wide receiver. I think you can weaponize him a little bit more. There's a lot of those. I, I think green Bay needs to take a bit of a step back of like, what's the perfect offense to call against this defense. And the great example of this is the Patrick Taylor screen pass the other day. Yeah. They had a good play call in that situation. You've got three blockers out for three defenders and you're throwing to Patrick Taylor, and if he catches the screen pass, he gets upfield, he might have a legitimate chance to pick up that first down. But you're scheming up a play for Patrick Taylor on a third and long. I would much rather, like, is there another play we can get to that maybe features, I don't know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, and gives maybe a bigger playmaker an opportunity in that situation, rather than Patrick, and I like Patrick Taylor. I really, really do, not currently on the Packers roster, but I still like him. You know, I just think they need to have a little bit more of an emphasis on making sure that they are featuring the right players in the right situations, rather than just trying to outsmart the other team and get it to a player that maybe isn't as dynamic with the football in their hands, And just because it might be an advantageous look based on what the defense is giving you. You've got to give your players, your best players, opportunities to win, and I think players, not plays is a, a really smart philosophy for this team moving forward. Number eight I do think it's time, and I kind of mentioned this just a little bit earlier, but I think it's time to remove Keyshawn Nixon on some obvious passing downs, especially after Eric Stokes comes back from injury. He just hasn't been good enough from a peer coverage standpoint. I'm not saying remove him from defense. I just think if if it's an obvious passing down, Keyshawn's biggest skill is not just peer coverage at this point. He's a decent slot player because he's aggressive. He's physical when he needs to be, but on obvious pass downs, put Jair or Razul or I don't care. Carrington Valentine, someone that I think is just a better peer coverage player than Nixon. It goes back to specialization. If Nixon's in on early downs, I don't mind that. I think he can play that fine. But on obvious pass downs, let's remove Keyshawn. Let's take some of those defensive snaps away from him that should potentially give him some more opportunity, maybe to even play a little bit more on special teams. And and to go along with that, number nine, I want to see Keyshawn Nixon a little bit more back on punt returns too. Kick returns are becoming very, very difficult because of how teams are covering them, and you're just ending up with too many penalties, too many kicks that are you're fielding from your own nine yard or your like nine yards deep into the end zone. It's just really, really tough to get that kick return game going. We've seen him already make some explosive plays as a punt returner. Jaden Reed's a very clean catcher, and he's had a couple nice returns as well. But I just think you've got to put your playmakers in a position to make plays. Keyshawn Nixon returning punts is a playmaker, and I want him that ability to make plays. And maybe with a little less time on defense, he can be a little bit more fresh for some of those returns, specifically as a punt returner. Number 10 has also been a, you know, an idea that's been bandied about uh, amongst the Packer interwebs, and that is Adam Stenovich and getting him back into the offensive line room. Now, I do believe that he has some you know, autonomy already in the offensive line room. I know it's not just Luke Butkis. You go back to why they promoted Adam Stenovich to the offensive coordinator position. It wasn't really because they needed this dynamic offensive coordinator. It's because they didn't want to lose Adam Stenovich to another team, which they would have. They would have lost him to Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator in Denver. And you didn't want to lose him because he was so integral and important to what the offensive line had been doing. But in doing so, you're losing him as your offensive line coach and you're having Luke Buckus take that over. I think Luke Buckus is a solid offensive line coach. I think he's getting a little bit too much um, hate at the moment for, uh, you know, neither here nor there. But I do think Adam Stenovich's best job is in the offensive line room. And at this point, just as we're talking about specializing players, specialize your coaches as well let him do what he's best at. If you need to take more off of his plate from all the other stuff, the game planning side of things, you can find other people to do that. But let's have Adam get back full-time in that offensive line room. You can you can still pay him as the offensive coordinator. He can still keep the offensive coordinator title. Luke Butkus can still keep the offensive line coach title, but I want to see him spend like 99% of his time right now in the offensive line room have him be the offensive line coach, basically let Butkus basically go back to being the assistant offensive line coach, even if it's not in title or pay, and get that offensive line back to where it needs to be to really give this offense its best opportunity at success moving forward. Number 11 is in a similar vein, but also a little bit different. I don't even care if the person that I'm saying here isn't the right person. This is the passing game coordinator. That's Jason Vrabel. I would look at Jason Vrabel potentially calling plays for Green Bay moving forward. I'm not saying long-term. I think Matt LaFleur is a good play caller and I think it benefits Green Bay to have him call the plays long-term as, as time goes on. Right now, this team with their youth and their inexperience and just needing a more hands-on approach from their coach, I think handing over the play calling for this season to somebody like Jason Vrabel, to let him have that responsibility where Adam Stenevich can focus on the offensive line, Matt LaFleur can focus on the entire organic team as a whole a little bit more focus a little bit more on the fundamentals, the basics and getting everyone on the right page and making sure everyone's communicated to effectively and just letting him be the coach and take that play caller away for now temporarily, I'm not saying forever. But just for this season, where this young team really, I think, needs that hands on, more hands on from their coach, I think maybe taking that play calling away from Matt LaFleur and letting him just kind of cook as coach right now might be best for everyone for now. And then once you kind of get the ship righted a little bit, and, you know, probably going into maybe next season, then feel free to take back the play calling. But for now, Maybe just lessen some of that load on the floor. Let him be the coach. Let somebody else do the play calling. And then you can always take that back at a later time when uh, this team is maybe a little bit more fully functional, fully mature, and doesn't need quite as much hands-on from their head coach. Number 12, last but not least, it is time to unleash Rashawn Gary. I mean this one from a amount of snap standpoint, but I also mean this from a, your defense needs to be based around that dude. We saw what Max Crosby can do as a complete game wrecker and just giving him the ability to flip sides and pick mismatches and just go out and wreck the game. Your job should be making it so that Rashawn Gary can go out and wreck the game as much as possible because he is your best player on this team. He's a phenomenal edge player and he's only going to continue to get better as as he's further and further along recovering from that ACL but it's time to unleash him. It's time to give him more plays. It's time to give him more responsibility. And just as we talked about at the first one, building the offense around Aaron Jones, the defense needs to be built around Rashawn Gary, letting him be the star, letting him be the playmaker and going out and just wrecking opposing teams' offenses. So those are my 12 simple and easy steps to making the Packers better for the remainder of this year. Unleash Aaron Jones on offense. Let him be the guy. Challenge your defense to be the group that's going to step up in some of those key situations and really be the group that is helping this team maybe win some more football games. Get Jordan Love moving a little bit more. Experiment on the offensive line. Continue with specialization of skills. Get back to six offensive linemen on some of those you know max protect plays or just instead of maybe some of the tight ends out there. Players not plays. Remove Keyshawn Nixon on obvious passing downs. Let Keyshawn Nixon go back to returning punts. Get Adam Stenovich the priority and the majority of his time in the offensive line room. Consider letting Jason Vrabel call plays and unleash Rashawn Gary. That's gonna do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Make sure to check out Packaday Podcast memberships. A huge shout out to our Packaday Podcast All Pro and Hall of Fame members, most hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Che Bradad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, and Donald Lee. You guys are the absolute best. Appreciate your support. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go.